to you by some guys on the internet. This is getting tabled. With your hosts, Jason the Bruce. You guy! George the Yang. I hope you're all entertained by my inaptitude. Jason, a.k.a. Major Socks. We've been doing this and talking about various stuff. One of the stuff... Now sit back, relax, and get tabled. Hello, future people, and welcome to 2022. It's a new year, new things, new stuff, new intro. Woohoo! Episode 70. 70, and it sounds like I'm major, not major. Yes, <laughs> I know. I find that amusing, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the entertaining thing. Um, I, I, you know, my, my text-to-speech software, speak my text, uh, the voice that I used to, to introduce us is um, uh, Karen. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Wait, or is Karen the first? I can't remember. I, I used Karen's voice, so... <laughs> Sounds too nice to be a Karen, though. Well, uh, as we as we discussed earlier, I, I I've got like uh, filters and modulations running through it to to alter how it sounds. Well, that is true. That is true. To be but, fair, I know a Karen that's very nice, so I shouldn't say too much. Mm -hmm. Now we discuss some news. I give a crap. <laughs> Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. All right, so we're starting off this week with some Games Workshop stuff, and as you can see by the look on Major Sox's face, he's extremely excited about this. He's so enthused. I mean, look, look at that enthusiasm. Two thumbs up. I, I've yeah. seen more enthusiasm out of sloths. <laughs> <laughs> For those that are not aware, Major Sox is our resident. I've never touched Games Workshop. I don't really care. Yep. And, like, this is legitimate, like, 100% has never touched Games Workshop, correct? Not once have I touched yeah. it. Not once have I even played a game or looked at the rule books or codexes or anything like that. Not once. Have you I ever had, Has anyone ever made you touch any of the stuff? Like, hold a mini? Nope. Wow. I, I only mention this because the first accusation that you will eventually get will be that you're only being bitter on Games Workshop, where it's literally, you, you just have no nostalgia for it at all. Nope, I don't. Because you were... E Unlike most people, you were introduced to the hobby through almost everything else. Yeah, and well, the, the, the community that I got into, they played Warhammer, but I was more into the historical gaming yeah. to begin with. And so I got into Flames of War, World War II, that kind of stuff. And it grew on from there. The first sci-fi game that I actually got was Drop Zone Commander. So he's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> So we've had a couple of things that's been shown to us over the last few weeks. One of the things that we have seen last fortnight was that we are getting some new Eldar. Uh, we're getting some stuff coming in a box set with some corn. Uh, that includes a new Autark, and it includes some new Rangers that are gorgeous, by oh. the way. I love the new Rangers. Chaos corn. I was like, why is Games Workshop shipping corn? Oh, God. I don't need corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's some ranger bikers as well which to be frank I love the ranger bikers I think they're gorgeous they seem to be a little marmite people either like them or they don't but the wow. negative I've seen tends to be more because people are like why does they why do they need even more jet bikes they just got new jet bikes as opposed to realising that it's not actually the same 
think. So I, I will I will kind of agree with that statement of it's just more Eldar jet bikes. These do look good in this picture only because of the paint job they have. Mm. The paint job—they look a little nice. dirtier than normal. Yeah. yeah, the the Paint Job Games Workshop has thrown on them for these stock photos. The the the, the, the Eldar camo cloaks, and then you got a little bit of that you know like transitioning into the jet bike itself. Yeah. That makes it look cool. If it was just like a normal jet bike with like some Eldar with cloaks on it, it'd look pretty lame. Um, I suspect that that wouldn't be overly hard to achieve either. Uh, no. I suspect that that's something that will be coming up on Warhammer Plus around the release. There's no way they can't show off how that was done. It's just money. Um, as for Corn, Corn gets some new stuff as well, uh, and I'm all very excited about the new Chaos stuff. This is my excited face. Uh, no, I'm. It, it's not stuff that I'm after, but it is pretty excited for those that want it. Uh, that giant round sphere of death. We don't know when that's coming yet. That's obviously not coming in the starter set, but we don't know when it is coming. Um, that is something my, new. My guess is that's a, a new piece of chaos terrain. That would be my guess too. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but that's not all that we've seen from Games Workshop. Moving on to some Age of Sigmar stuff. We have another box set coming for that, which is kind of more one of these temporary box set type things. And it's the underwater elves versus the dwarves, because you're not allowed to do dwarves and elves without them being against each other. And they've only just remembered this. Um, genuinely, very nice models. Uh, I think the underwater elves probably needed this a little more than the dwarves did, but it's only the one hero that's coming out. Everything else appears to be existing stuff. So I am looking at this, and, and, and I'm a fan of the Fire Slayers. I have a whole pile up on a shelf there that I still need to put together. And it looks like, yeah, we just got the, the one guy. Now, granted, um, I believe I, I haven't looked at the rules uh, since pre-COVID. That's how long it's been. Um, I don't I think the Flamekeeper's new. So okay. the, 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 yeah, the, the Flamekeeper, yeah. Yeah, the, the Fire Slayers had a very small army. They had like two troop choices, two other choices, and then heroes galore, which, you know, like dwarves with heroes Ooh, that's shocking <laughs> yeah um so on your side of things you're getting i uh, sorry you're also getting five auric hearth guard and five hearth guard berserkers which are definitely existing models yep and then 10 volkite berserkers which are again also yep. existing models so uh the idoneth are receiving 10 namati thralls and 10 namati wreathers and a bloodthirsty Achelian Alapex. Uh, I don't know what the Alapex is. Um, some. There must be that thing in the background that you can't really see very well. Yeah, oh, the the shark with the two riders, probably. Yep. Yeah. You click there. It's actually interlinked, so you can click on the that link, and it has a hyperlink that goes right to the picture of the the guys riding on a shark with a huge trident. Oh yeah. Oh, yep. that would make sense then. But it's, yep. it's pretty cool looking. It's still not in the picture, though. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, it's the thing yeah, in the background. It's very, yeah, very which is what I said it was. It's what I said it was. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah. I, I, will, I, I do have one tiny little complaint about the 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 flamekeeper. Yeah. Um, I'm oh, wondering right. if it's the same oh, thing hey. I have. Um, the beard doesn't look right coming out of the helmet. I kind of wish that they had an unhelmeted version, personally, because I can just see people getting rid of that head and just replacing it. I love the hair, and I, I mean. To me, the beard looks a little bit too wide. 
<clears throat> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, there's actually um, a point in the beard where it's wider than the faces. Well, yeah, and, it's, it's poofy and gravity hair. gravity doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, Bruce, uh, there is no unhelmeted fire slayer because all their plumes are from their helmets, not their hair. Oh, Bruce, which which link works better, uh, Discord or uh, Messenger? Uh, Messenger. All right. Um, okay, and while he's doing while he's doing that, I will. This is a just up the Games Workshop link. <laughs> I just saw this and I was like, "Ooh, this looks cool!" Because I was on the truck page still. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Okay, we'll bring this up because Major cool. Socks. Major Socks has actually found a Games Workshop model that he likes the look of. Kind of looks. It's kind of cool how he sculpted it. Yeah. No, I do agree. I do. I do like this model. His cape looks like a waterfall. Yep. Quite literally. Uh, for those on anyway. the audio version of the podcast, we're talking about Eidolon of Mathlon. Apparently, he's a giant maths teacher, and he's the aspect of the sea. He quite literally is wearing a cloak of ocean. It's like a cloak of ocean. Anyway, sorry to distract you all. There, there probably is a lot of coke in the ocean, though. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, moving on. There's a new season coming for Warhammer, uh, and this is kind of... This is something new that they're trying. I don't really know how I feel about this yet. I mean, I don't hate it. I just don't really know how I feel about it yet. Basically, they're going to start doing Warhammer in seasons, where every season everybody kind of gets new stuff. And I, I guess they're trying to focus how they do their releases rather than it being so random. At least I hope that's what the intention is. Um, I also kind of suspect that this is trying to put more emphasis on the Crusade and mission books that generally people are either interested in or they're not uh it's definitely going to be coinciding with the chapter approved which is the 40k version of the general's handbook yeah so uh here here's my quick two cents about this if it's yep. what you said so they can be more focused when they do a release and it's not so random hodgety podgety all over the place great but if they're trying to do it as a, you know, this season, you need to get this thing. Or, hey, there's this new shiny thing for this season. If that's what they're doing, I hate that. Because that is the, I guess, the the 99%, no, 95% reason why I am no longer playing Magic the Gathering. Because you constantly had to continue to just buy more and more stuff. Um, For those of you that are new to the channel... I invite you to comment on what you think which way we're leaning on this. Because... And do it now before I tell you. Because I definitely think it's the latter. I don't think it's the former. I, yeah, I hope no. that I'm wrong on this. But I have wanted to be wrong on this for so many times. I'm just... It's always the, the latter um, with Games Workshop. Because it's, it is their business model, basically. Is if they force you to buy more stuff, then they make more money. Um, and for every person that drops out because they get sick of it, there's two more people that catch the bug. So it works for them on a business level, short term. I still think long term it's not a very good thing for the game, but that's just me. And I know I have a very unpopular opinion amongst 40K listeners with that because fans of 40K don't tend to like it when you, you know, remind them how bad things are at times. Um, look, I. This could be a very good thing if it ends up going the way that I would like it to. But even going the way that I would like it to, there's still going to be some bad to it. I, yeah. It's just, they do need to do something with the releases where it feels less um, random because the feeling of it all the time is, oh, 
you like Space Marines, so there's Space Marines for your Space Marines, so you can Space Marine while you're Space Marine. And then occasionally they will vaguely mention one of the other races and then go back to Space Marines again. Um, Which, speaking of releases, um, we're going to segue into the next part of this because oh, yeah. I, am, I am mildly, mildly um, happy, mostly upset. New Plastic Guardians for the Eldar. Great, cool. Where's the Avatar? Where's um, the Avatar result? Come on. That is... Wait, wait, wait. It's already been teased. I understand that. This is the new... Look what we've gone through the last couple years. Oh, look I'm not disagreeing with you. We've gone through for the last decade. Okay, give us a new avatar. It's a new year. Just give it to us now. So get, here's, the th here's the thing with this. Of This is my genuine opinion on this. I'm very excited that the Eldar are getting a focus. We're getting a tease of a new thing that's being released every Monday. Obviously, we're recording this two days before that happens because it'll be on your schedule, not mine. Um, of all of the kits that we know are coming, regardless of what they show, the Guardians is the one that needed to be done the least. Um, yeah. The current Guardian kit was perfectly fine. All this is doing is it's slightly updated, a little bit better sculpts, uh, and it now includes the storm guardians as opposed to having to buy an upgrade kit that is a clever thing to do but i still say the old kit was fine yeah um i we know that we're getting we know that we're getting a new avatar it has been teased already yeah but um, now um, yeah true so um, um we know that we're getting we also know that we're getting some new aspect warriors it's my opinion that we need to get all of them yes you heard me correct i believe that they should be doing all of them it's yeah. my opinion that if they do not do that with this release this year, then they have failed their community. And I'm going to stick to that if that's what ends up happening. That is a must for the release this year. If they're doing this the way that they are claiming to be doing this, they need to fix all of the old stuff for Elder because there's way too much of it. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a new tank, but I'm kind of hoping that they don't do one because that'll guarantee mean that they don't do one of the Aspect Warriors. Uh, Obviously, I, the I only have... one we don't need being done is the Howling Banshees because that was done like twelve. Yeah, ago. Um, we don't we don't need new tanks because the ta the tank kit is fine. Yes, um, I'm just gonna point out here. So the the Tau is obviously like a a a, 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 um, a play on a Gundam and mech suits and everything, right? Yep. Um, what's with the anime heads on these guardians now? Um, I, seriously. <laughs> Look at the one with the white hair and tell me you wouldn't see that in some sort of like space anime, you know, yeah. episode or something. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it still feels very elf to me, but I could see where you're coming from. Um, I, I will kind of, th there's been something that's been pointed out by the community on this that people have gone, oh, these are all 3D sculpted prints, uh, which they are. If you look very closely, they are 3D sculpted. And mm -hmm. to those people, I need to remind you that, yes. Everything at this point is 3D sculpted. Everything at this point is 3D printed. That's literally how they make the molds. A like, majority. Quite literally, what, like, a all majority. you're doing is laughing at what is 90% of Games Workshop stuff right now. Yeah, uh, a, a majority of the stuff is. There, there's probably still a couple of things where the more organic things, where they, there's probably a little more hands-on because doing organic is probably way easier than... Well, it's more that these are supposed to be for teasers. And so yeah. the, the the sprues and everything are not ready for this yet because, oh, yeah. of course, they're not. 
Um, so what you'll notice is all of the armor, you can see the 3D sculpting lines. It is probably worth noting that Games Workshop usually hide this a little better. Uh, I suspect that the fact that this isn't is because they realized that they needed to get on this quickly um, on the reveal side of things. Uh, I think it's probably... The only thing I would say is that they probably could have used resin printers uh, because that probably would have stopped a little bit of the criticism. Well... Let's be honest, If pe pe people are going to hate on this regardless of why anyway. It's just what they people do. I mean, I, I give hate too, but there, there's reasonable hate and then there's, well, not hate. There's reasonable criticism and then there's, you're just being stupid. Um, and yeah, I'm calling those people what it is. Um, I'm genuinely very excited for the Eldar release, but I've already said my piece on what I'm expecting. And if they do not do that, then they have massively failed the community and should be held accountable for it. Because there's been enough tease that that's what they're doing, that if they don't do it, and I'm not saying that the community have said this and now you should expect the community to be right. I'm saying they have teased this and if it's not what they deliver, they should be held accountable. But I suspect that we won't know everything for at least a while because I doubt that we'll get this release before June. I suspect it's going to be a while before this actually hits. This is going to be one of their major releases for the year, like the Orcs and Sisters and so on and so forth in the past. Speaking of uh, releases, um, moving on to the next one, um, which yep. is no longer a, a release, it's now a pre-order. Yep. Uh, the Last Primark. is finally here. So uh, for... and I'm, I'm just going to say, like, this guy looks... Gorgeous. So we got the Primark for the white scars. Check it out, Khan is. See, uh, I'm pretty first... sure he's white. I'm pretty sure he's white scars. Yeah, he's, he's white scars. Yeah, he's got the he's got the lightning on it. He's white scars. Um, I don't know if this is my favorite or not. I do like this. Uh, I do think it's rather weird that he's standing over a whole heap of his own dead troops. But I'm um, sure that that must that must come from scar. the books at some point. That's not that's not a white scar he's standing over. Oh, it's not either. Never mind. Um, I just saw the white helmet, and I'm like, oh, why is he standing okay. over his own troops? So I just Googled this. So Forge World's first Primark they released was Angron. And then we have uh, the the White Scars guy here. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do a quick, yes, I'm human. Yeah, oh, my God. Stop asking me what buses are. They're, they're the things that look like boats. Yeah, well, Forge World apparently doesn't know that. Because um, they keep asking me. All right, so now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pull up a picture of Angron, and then I'm gonna compare it side to side to. Uh, oh, uh, I see what you're doing. And and see how they've come. Like you know, how have they done? You know, 18 Primarchs later. And uh, it is probably worth noting that these things have been done over a fairly large amount of time. Like it's not like this yeah. is three years worth of releases. This is like seven or eight. Uh. uh what year was released by Forge World? Um, Angron was released, so it's a full decade. He, okay, it's even longer than I thought then. Angron was released back in 2012, and so um, lo looking at the two, um, the 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 sculpting is just so so much more amazing. Like even the base work um, for the the character itself is even just that much better when you're comparing the two. Um, it's worth noting, Angron and Khan are standing on a similar marine space marine corpse. It's the uh, green pauldron with skull on it. So, yep. so I've just brought him up as well. Um, and yeah, I have to agree, it's definitely an improvement. Um, I just lost him. There he is. 
No, yeah, it's de it's definitely an improvement. Which is not to say that, I mean Angrong doesn't look bad, but it's definitely an improvement. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, and then it's just you know, you know, they've gotten better. I mean, if if you don't improve on something in ten years, yeah, you're not trying that hard. And and they have gone. I mean, you know, look at your uh, you know, your beloved Blood Angels. Look at the Sanguinius model from you know, yeah, you know, mid mid last year. That thing was just absolutely gorgeous. And then they were like, hey, check out how much we're going to charge for it. Well, yeah. That's the other thing. <laughs> I mean, I so, suspect that this is going to be around a similar price. Uh, I can um, probably tell you that in a couple of seconds. Uh, Angron's currently 104, and uh, we're looking at 131, so it's not that bad. Yeah, so, he's actually cheaper than Sanguinius is, which makes sense, because he doesn't have the giant wings. But his base is also bigger. But... <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, mean, I still I, think that the best... The best one that they have done, I still think, has to be Horace. Which is funny to say, because Horace also has the most boring stance of everybody, too. Um, it's the one that got all the attention. Yeah. I still think it's probably the best one. I mean, it's not bad. Um, For some reason, I can't find it at the moment. And, and call me a little biased on this, but I believe the best one they did, just because of, of what, all, all, what, what you all need to do with it, is... Lehman Russ with his wolves. That's fair. Actually, there is a character they haven't done yet. Uh, they, they've done all the all the primarchs have been done because yes. there's the two that are omitted from Imperial record and there's no record and you're not supposed to ask who's missing. So yes, technically, technically, the only one missing now from that level of stuff in 30k is the Emperor now, which is who I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. So, which, um. Based on, you know, the Horus, Magnus, you know, the, the more recent ones, they've got the work cut out for them for making that many, you know, if if they do that. I got... I would be surprised if they do, but I'd also be surprised if they don't. Um, I mean, I think to some extent they kind of need to, but at the same time, how do you do the Emperor without everybody in the world going on about how it's not good enough? Because well, it yeah, doesn't, at this point, it could be the very best miniature that anybody has ever done, and that's still going to be what everybody says. Are, are you talking sculpt wise or rules wise? I'm, I'm talking sculpt wise, like because it doesn't. Uh, you could have the very best looking miniature in the world, and everybody is still going to turn around and go, "That's not good enough. How could you not yeah. do it properly? You're missing this, 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 and this." I, I think the only major issue is um, how are you going to do the emperor and his rules. And, and it's not... going to be the hardest point because there's no way that you can do that without it making sense. <laughs> or or just like, you know, ruining, you know, that aspect of the game when the Emperor and his custodians show up. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, here's 10 models. I'm going to take out an Imperial Warlord Titan. <laughs> yeah. I think realistically, um, the only way that you could do the Emperor would be is that you do him and he is a collector's piece and he doesn't get any rules. People are going to hate, but honestly, I think that's the only way to actually do it properly. The community will make up rules for him anyway, but like, there's yeah. no way to do those rules and have them work on the table, so you just don't do rules for him. There's just no point. Um, that being said, um, we got a, a double codex drop as well. Yeah, which is uh, interesting. Um, now, very, very quickly... Sorry about that. All right. So we're getting the Gene Stealer Cult, and we're getting the Adeptus Custodius this week. Um, Adeptus Custodes, like, none of these are actually really coming with any releases either. It's just the books, which 
is disappointing, but not entirely surprising. Well, I say they're not getting yeah. any releases. They're getting dice and they're getting data cards, but I'm sorry, they're not releases. Yeah. Okay, so so let's look at it this way. If you look at Custodes, they're a pretty new army. They're also a pretty yes. small army, so getting... But they're supposed to be. But the the fact that you know we're just we're on a brand new brew release because that's what Games Workshop does. Um, we should have a a new um, uh, codex as quick as possible. If, if if the army is not slated to get any new models within like X amount of time of the of the the new rule release, they absolutely should be getting a codex as soon as possible. So, for example, Sisters of Battle, they should absolutely right now have a codex. Custodies, they should have their codex. Genius of their cults, they should have a codex. It, and, and Hang on, something... I think we've already had the sisters. I could be wrong. Right, but, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah, are we getting you know other than like the the you know oh we made this thing finally you know like the majority of the army is is released. Get yep. the book. You know, it, it's like um like Age of Sigmar when they've when they've done the um the the new uh, rule release, which Sigmar has had like it's it's just very minuscule changes they make. All the all the the faction books are out in a reasonable amount of time. It's not like you know you're not waiting a year and a half and you finally get your book. Hey, we're changing the rules. Yeah, uh, it is probably worth noting because at this point we're probably already getting people telling us this. Um, the custodies have technically had one release, but it's one of the anniversary models, which we've ranted about before, where you can only get them at certain events that you can go to where certain stores are having their anniversary and this is the mini that you can get. So you can argue whether it's a real release or not. I'm saying it's not because most people will never have the chance to buy it. Um, it, it is what it is. Um, so they do technically have a release there. Uh, there's also an Age of Sigma one. I don't remember what it is. Yeah. But otherwise, let's move away from Games Workshop. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of been quiet on the Games Workshop front for obvious reasons. Um, they, they've just been kind of like just continuing on and drip feeding stuff out. Um, my prediction is that this Monday will not be the Avatar. I suspect it's going to be a drip feed of one of the Aspect Warriors. I suspect that they're going to deliberately keep us waiting on seeing that just because they can. I'm hoping so, I'm wrong because I really want to talk about the Avatar when it comes out. Yeah, so I will say this: I am happy about the the Custodia uh, uh, Codex, though, because uh, that is something I'm a big fan of: is armies with small uh, model counts. Mm -hmm. So um, I have been wanting to do a Custodia's army for a while. I'm because... sure that Henry Cavill is very excited to be getting a new Codex as well. Yeah. Because I only need to get ten models, and I have a, a you know thousand points to put on the field. <laughs> Which, when you when you're one of the world's most busiest people, it's probably what you need in an army. Right. <laughs> Moving on, we got some lovely GCT models coming. Now these were all these were all sh so GCT is the people that make Bushido. For those that are not aware, uh, these were all teased on the Bushido Discord channel, the official one. So if you're not a, if you're a fan of Bushido and you're not a member of that, you probably should be. Um, but so we've got a couple of we've got a couple of them here. First up, we have this archer from the Shiho. One of the first comments I saw was yes, because that's what the Shiho needed another archer. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't care. This thing is gorgeous. Like seriously. Well, to be fair, though, certain factions have a certain thing. I mean, remember High yeah. Elves from Warhammer Fantasy? Yeah, um, and that's, this is very clearly their thing, is that they are snipers so, and archers. archers. And, 
Yeah. Um, but but that being said, this is probably the the I mean, how do how do I say say this? Um, it, it is the best stereotyped image of a Japanese feudal archer. Yeah, I could say. Yeah, I could say that. I mean, when you're dealing with this era, you know, of Legend of Lord Japan, it is the feudal era, and you know, there is a stereotype that people associate with how things look from that. And this looks so, really. For those good. that are about to try and shout at George, yes, we know that that it's a fantasy, but it's based on a certain era in Japan, and the artwork that he's referring to is feudal artwork. It's the same thing as you know steampunk. It's Victoria, Victoria era England. Yeah, sure, yes. they've got fancy stuff. It's still Victorian, Victorian England. So yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just clarifying that because I know what the comments are going to be if we don't clarify. I just like how his cape is flowing in the background and he's got his head tilted down a little bit. So it's kind of th the way that camera angled is looks like he's just shadowed and skulking yeah. in, the, in the darkness somewhere, but it's still windy behind him. I, and I like the fact that he's lifting his arm and his cape is responding to it. It doesn't yeah. kind of feel like it's being ignored. Um, I have no, because I don't play Shiho, obviously, so I don't know how they work in the game, but these guys are yeah. really, really tempting. I just, I just don't want to get hit by that bow. That bow looks powerful with how oh, yeah. huge that bow is. Uh, moving on to the next one. We have finally have a miniature of the bear. We've we've seen artwork of the bear. Artwork? Okay, I was going to say. I but we haven't seen, seen the actual or... mini. Yeah. Uh, cool. And it looks exactly like the artwork did, which is not unusual for them. Um, they generally tend to release artwork that is going to be what the sculpt is. They do change it occasionally if they realize something is not right. Uh, but it's usually pretty close. Good contrast um, on that. That'd be easy to go. Yep. Um, I kind of I like the fact that the bands are showing that, hey, you know what? The fur is not their skin. It is fur. Like, you can actually see where the ribbon has been tied, and it's been yeah. tied tight, um, which is not something you usually see on furry creatures. People tend to forget that fur is not skin. Mm -hmm. um, and the next one is the one for my faction, which is this awesome double sword gentleman that is just all kinds of gorgeous. I love this mini. It looks it looks good, and again, it, it like I can see you just, you take that mini, and you drop it right in, and it would totally fit in Ninja Scroll. Yep, I like the fact that you like you can see that all he's done is he's pulled out his sword from their sheaths, and that is where the pose pauses. Like you can yeah. see that he's literally pulled them out. I love that. Um, the next one is the gross one. <laughs> a guy's been shot in the back a couple of times, but he's still busy. Um, giving birth to the eggs of the other... Um, I can't remember what the little demon guys are called. Um, I kind of like this, but it's really gross. It'd be grosser if they were doing it out of a cloaca, so... Well, that is true. Um, I, I kind of like this. I, I don't... It looks like a broken spear staff through his back, too, on the backside. And you see the the I, actually think, I actually think that might be his own weapon. Honestly, I don't know. It, it could be. They're really. Th these guys are small, so the arrows may actually just look bigger than they really are. Yeah. Because the, the 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 back. I can tell you what they are. They're over here. I know. Whatever they're called, as opposed to the normal minis that are like this big, these ones are kind of like two thirds of the size. They're like a halfling. They're like little imps type thing. They're not called imps, but yeah. Uh, and finally, <laughs> it's not the most gross of them all because we have the glutton, and. Uh, what do you call it? We eat too much. No, glutton is that, and the sloth. Um, gluttony and sloth. That's yeah. They, they typically yeah. are so good. I'm not a hundred percent sure which faction these guys are from. I'm guessing it's the cult of Uri. Um Oh, that... I just so I thought it was a pig mini. 
I just realized that's a dude laying on a pig. Laying on the pig. Yes. Way to keep up, George. Um, I like this. I'm not sure that it's something that I ever really want personally, but I, I, it's kind of, it's got the same gross factor that Nurgle stuff tends to have, but without going in the Nurgle direction, which I'm really bored with. Um, because there's different types of gross that you can do. And I, I like what they've done with the glutton, especially. Uh, I mean, it's just so weird and out there, but in a really good way. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think I prefer the glutton over the sloth, but that's not to say that I don't like the sloth. I'm kind of hoping that we get the other sins now. I don't know. I think the sloth, you could get like a really, a really good paint job on that. I, I think you could oh, yeah. do something with that. Um, I kind of like, if you're going to paint that, you need to be painting it grossly. Like, that, they need to be muscle tendrons and fatty and, like, that. that's the way that you have to paint that. Um, and I don't know what he's supposed to be eating, but whatever it is, it needs to be covered in gloss and look really gross. Uh, of all of the ones that we've seen this particular time, my favourite, I think, has to be the archer, okay. personally. George? Um, it's it's absolutely hands down the archer, followed closely by the big teddy bear. Um, just because, as I stated, the, the the pose and the look of that archer is so perfect for how the artwork from that era is, you know, portrayed. Yeah. It's just... Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that they're doing their arrows chunky because it means they're not going to break the moment you look at them, which does happen with arrows a lot. Okay, moving away from Bushido into something that we can't buy yet. So Platypus Industries was a company that until about two weeks ago I'd never heard of. Uh, Michelle shared this with us because he thought it was amusing that somebody was doing a game based around Australia's most notoriously vicious creature. So for those of you that are not aware, the drop bear is a creature in Australia that looks very similar to a koala, uh, but it's carnivorous. They tend to remain hidden most of the time. They seem to have a thing for tourists, which is weird. Um, we've never really been able to determine why they prefer that. Um, but yeah, so this is... A survival game by the look of it. It's very much a board game. This is not a tabletop game. So well, you're in the Australian bush, attacks. pretty much, and you've got to try and rest and heal and survive the attacks. And the mini for the actual drop bear is gorgeous and is very clearly based on artwork that we've seen on the internet. Um, I love how they've brought this thing to life, especially given the, the lack of actual images out there. Because, you know, when you're attacked by something like this, the last thing you do is, you know, take a picture. So, yep, there you go. And for those of you that are still following at this point, yes, of course, the drop bear is a fictional creature. Um, but of course, I was going to talk about it like it's real until the end. So this is giving me a, a very, um, it was, uh, Will Wheaton covered it on his uh, tabletop show years ago. It's the yeah. horror survival. It had a, uh, the comedy duo, uh, Holland Oats, or I can't remember what their names were, the two ladies. Yeah, ring eight bells. Anyways, um, it's a it, it, it kind of gives me a, a feel like that. Like you're trying to survive, like and escape a, a wasteland in the winter with zombies, and oh, here you have, yeah. So here we have you know Australian outback with carnivorous koala bears and and yeah. tourists because that's what that's what Australia is populated by is right. Well, people that no. live in Australia, it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, I like this. I would like to see them get funded, and I, and I really hope that they have plans for this. So they've got little cardboard tokens for all the people. 
I yeah. really hope they get funded that those cardboard tokens get upgraded to actual plastic yeah, minis. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So um, the Kickstarter for this will be dropping at some point in the first quarter of the year. We don't have an actual date on that. Um, I do have a copy of the link somewhere. Like the link to what we're looking at here will be shared. So for those that do want to follow, there is a Kickstarter page that's live. Uh, well, sorry, there is a Kickstarter page that's ready for this to go live. And you can save the that if you would like to um, follow along for when it does go. I have saved it so that, in theory, we can talk about it when it goes live and see what else. Because if they do do that, then obviously I'm going to... Because if they do do that... <laughs> you um, said do do. I said what? You said do do. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah, like I said, very, very. I, I, I love the fact that somebody's doing this. Um, I kind of, I kind of hope that we get some expansions with some other. Like, I'd love to see somebody do hoop snakes, or, or like just other things that are like very clearly crap, and people have made up over the years. Like Tasmanian devils. Just... No, they're real. They actually exist. No, I'm talking like the man-sized ones. Oh yeah, that would be cool. The, the the ones that you know people think actually exist. Yeah, the what the one that was made up by Looney Tunes, by somebody yeah. that heard the name of the creature and was like, I don't know what it looks like. I'm just gonna I'm just and he just drew what it sounded like in his head, which I love that people do that. Um, moving <laughs> on to unfortunately a bit of sad news. Now before we talk about this, um, there's going to be some elements of the of the pandemic discussed in this and if you're someone that gets frustrated by a certain section of the news then you need to be aware that I'm only going to be talking about the facts on this and if you're not interested in the science then this story is likely going to trigger you um okay the founder and creator of Cromlech has passed away Artusek passed away two days ago now like almost like two and a half days ago now. Uh, unfortunately, he did pass away because of COVID. He was not vaccinated and unfortunately contracted it and did not survive. Um, there is a follow-up post to this from his daughter that I also have here on screen. Um, this was originally posted in Polish, but has been translated for us uh, on Facebook by Warren Johnson of Beast of War. Um, so she confirmed that he had not been vaccinated, that he regretted it at the end, uh, and had asked his wife to get vaccinated, uh, because of what he'd been through. Basically, the virus had completely destroyed his lungs and there was nothing left for him to survive. Uh, if he had have been vaccinated, then he would have survived, is basically what this is confirming. Um, she's right, she wrote this because she's hoping that her clarifying this will help counteract the, the the other side of the argument that tends to be going on at the moment, um, which is really frustrating. Part of the other reason that she shared that is because when the news that he was unvaccinated got out, obviously the there's a side of the press that will attack and it's very unfair to be doing that to the people that have passed. Especially if that person is someone that had actually realised that 
And we don't know why he was unvaccinated. That hasn't been confirmed. It could genuinely be that he just never had the opportunity to. I don't know. Um, it could be that he didn't want to and then regretted it. I don't know. But given that that information has come literally from his daughter, I think we should take it at face value. Um, so if you're on the other side of that argument, I'm happy to understand. Just take the news as it is, uh, as an example of someone that unfortunately didn't survive. Just look after yourself and look after the people around you, I suppose. Uh, Cromlech is not going anywhere. The company will continue in the vision that he had for it. Uh, that is a large part of the main part of this post. Um, I'd never spoken with Arda personally. I was familiar with who he was um, because obviously we've covered Cromlech a couple of times. I mean, it's not exactly like they're this, a tiny company that you've never heard of. They are fairly significant in the industry. Um, and very early in the industry. I mean, Cromlech have been around for a while now. So it's going to be interesting to see if you, we do start to see shifts or not. I kind of suspect that it will continue to go along the same lines. Maybe as new blood comes in, we'll start to see new and interesting things happen. But it's just going to be interesting to see how things develop as... As the dust settles, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that it kind of like the whole businesses side of things. I'm kind of surprised that we haven't had more of this. I mean, I'm glad that we haven't had more of this, but um, yeah, very sad to hear. And obviously, that's why we're covering it. But yeah, uh, any thoughts before we move on? Nope. Not particularly, no. No. Okay, moving on from that to ninjas, because ninjas are cool. (laughs) Complete change of topic. Um, Okay, Atomic Mass Games have had a few teasers. This first one that we're showing off has Shadowlands Dead um, Daredevil, uh, which is an evil version of Daredevil, for those unaware. Electra, who has not been stabbed through the chest yet. Uh, and three hand ninjas. So that's going to be interesting. All very, very gorgeous. We've also had Nick Fury and the Shield. And there is something odd about these releases that I'm going to come back to in a minute. And then finally, we have X-23, which I just want to say that particular way that they've angled that picture looks really weird. Because it looks like her claws are coming out of a stub and not an arm. Because her arm is like this, <laughs> and you can't you can't see the rest of the arm. They probably should have angled the miniature just a little bit the other way. Gorgeous pose, though. Uh, the thing I wanted to point out is that when this game was released, one of the big things we got asked for frequently was people wanted to have some of the minions. And we were told that it wasn't going to be happening. So they've obviously gone back on that, and I'm glad that they have. Uh, obviously, their answer to it is that these guys are coming in lots. So I suspect that the ninjas will also be three people on one base. Um, because the idea is, is that these guys die so easily, what's the point of putting them on the table? Um, 
I'm glad that they've kind of gone back on that and found a way to make it work because I do think this is something important for the Marvel Universe to have the minions uh, and it allows people options even if they don't want to use them. Um, given that we haven't seen the ninjas yet, my favourite has to be the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys by default, but they are nice-looking minis. I just, I just love the fact that, you know, here in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, that really got rolling with the Tony, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. Yep. That the, the cinematic universe decided we're going to go with Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, not, you know, some God, I couldn't, I can't even think of anyone that could have done the, the original comic portrayal of, you know, you know, a, a white guy. He's old and crusty. And I love yep. how everyone has just like, Yep, Sam Jackson's Nick Fury, and just rolled with that whole thing. I just, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for, it might be worth mentioning this, because people might be screaming at the screen. They may not. People may not even be aware of this. The re- Do you know the reason why Samuel L. Jackson got that role? Because he's Samuel L. Jackson? No. In the comics, they started using Samuel L. Jackson's oh, likeness for the I character do, do without his permission. Guy. And when he found out about this, his only request was that he was to play him in the movie. Yeah, that's when they started doing the uh, the ultimate stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, there was the ultimate Iron Man and the ultimate Thor, and I remember that now. That was yeah. It was revealed in an in an interview a couple of years ago. Yeah. And now, don't get me wrong. Samuel L. Jackson has obviously made a lot of money because of this, but. Given what happened, it could have been very bad for Disney at the time if if he wanted to push it in well, a certain direction. No, no, no. It, that was not Disney at the time. That was Marvel Studios, period. When they did that Iron Man... You're right? No, yeah, Iron, Man I, I, before, Iron Man was before... Disney, Disney bought it. No, 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 no. I'm talking comics. I'm talking comics. Yeah, that was before Disney. Okay. Disney didn't up in, step in until after Iron Man 2? No, they purchased it long before that. Iron, it was, it Iron, was a good couple of years before that. That was the, just the first movie that they were involved in. So, okay, yeah. Um, but uh, you're probably right. The comics would be before the purchase. So, um, I, I, I like the... I want, I want to see the Daredevil Electra minis more than just the, the Shadow. Um, yeah. I'll agree with you on that. There's the whole, you know, Netflix, you know, where they, they have the Defenders with Iron Fist, Luke Cage. Uh, Jessica Jones is whatever. I, I was I was not uh, thrilled with that show, nor the character so Interesting. much. Interesting. Yeah. Um, How far through that did you get out of curiosity? All, all the way through. Oh, wow. Okay, you have an opinion that's very different from most other people. Yeah, well, I'm different from most other people, so... Um, <laughs> Um, that whole, like, you've got the Avengers. The Avengers are, you know, the A-team. You know, they are the, yeah. the, the cream of the crop, you know. When aliens invade, you send the Avengers. When yeah. an organized crime, you know, starts, you know, taking over New York, you call in these guys because yeah. they're they're taking the care of the stuff that... Avengers are too busy to take care of, to be quite honest, you know? Yeah. 
And so, you know, you have these these heroes to to us, you know, like, okay, he's got supersonic hearing, he can see with his ears, and he's got great reflex and stuff. He's still gonna kick my ass. You know? Yeah. He's still you know a superhero then by by those that term. He doesn't have the shield and the super soldier serum, but you know, he's still pretty good. And 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 I like that whole part of the, the Marvel, you know, like there's this little group of mostly normal people, you know. Yep. And and I and I think I think Daredevil's so I actually remember this because this was a this is a Stan Lee thing that, you know, he was really nervous about when he's like, Yes, we're going to do a superhero and he's gonna be disabled. And they're like, What? And, well, Stan and he was, Lee was concerned that people that were actually blind might have been gotten offended by this. Well, he it wasn't just that, just that community. And yeah. when it was released, they were like, this is awesome. This is amazing. You know, we have our hero that we can look to, you know, that, yeah. you know, to motivate us and, and, and inspire us. And, and I think I, th- I honestly think it was a great thing, too. You know, it's the same reason why, you know. Peter Parker, you know, was a poor, you know, photographer struggling to get by because it made him more relatable than, you know, you know, Batman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's also probably worth noting that despite the criticism that George has just laid, Batman has changed a lot since the 60s. But like in the 80s, the 70s and 80s, there was a very corny cartoon show. Another cartoon, a TV show, and that's the way the comics were at the time too. And yeah. we tend to forget a lot of that. Like, there's well, been a I, lot of, and I'm not hating on Batman. I just like, just like Batman. No, is, no, but, you can't pretend Batman's relatable. I mean, he's not. Superman's I mean, more relatable than Batman is. I mean, l- l- let's be honest. You know, until Elon Musk starts, you know, cruising around at night in some like souped-up Tesla with like amazing body armor. I you mean, know. he might be doing that, but maybe the media is hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Elon. I mean, come on, he 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 came up with flame floors, you know. I I don't I don't see um I don't see Bill Gates doing it or uh, Bezos. Oh, Bezos wouldn't care enough to do it. Well, no, he's 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 got his rocket that you know he's trying to you know he's trying to compete with Elon's rockets and it's not working so great. Not working very well. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, so we started covering Malifaux again because it no longer breaks my heart every time we do it. Um, okay. So been... I'm trying to point at you, Bruce, but I'm. I don't know Actually, you... I'm behind you. Yeah, you go. No. Point to the. <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> you want to point that way on your... Wait. You want to point that way on your screen. Yes. That's pointing at you. Yeah. All right. So, they finally released some of the releases for this site. They finally revealed some of the releases from this year. First thing I want to quickly note is that in January, there are a couple of things that you'll notice that we talked about that were supposed to be December. They were delayed for delaying reasons and they're now hitting in January which is fine I'm just mentioning it uh, to my knowledge the ones that were not already slated for for then was 
Search for the Soul, because we definitely saw that already. I remember us commenting on Puppet Apocalypse uh, and start and the other side starter box as well. But Hidden Allegiances, which is a box set that has English Ivan, double agent, Masaki, Katana Fractured, and Jin Bakara. So these are multiple faction box boxes that have alternate models for existing leaders. Um, that's one of the ones that we hadn't covered, to my knowledge. And Seeking the Blade is the other one that has the new version of Yarnlow. No word yet as to what his beard is like. Um, I'm very curious to see what it looks like. Uh, for those unaware, there, there is a, a miniature that is notoriously the most difficult miniature ever designed. And it doesn't belong to Marvel Crisis Protocol. It belongs to Malifaux, and it's called Yardlow. His beard is a separate piece, and it's that notorious that there is a T-shirt that you can buy that says, I survived Yardlow's beard. True story. Um, so Yardlow Spirit Walker, like I said, I'll be very interested to see what he turns out like. Victoria Chambers, Twin Blades, and Kenshiro the Tactician. So the way these are coming out is that you're getting two alternate leaders and then a regular person that's new. Um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about these boxes because sometimes it's going to mean that you're buying a leader that you don't want unless you can s separate it off to someone that does use that faction. Um, but then you're kind of hoping that you don't both want the person in the middle. So it just depends on how things are going. Uh, in February, we've got Monstrous, which has Molly, Squidpidge, Chaotic Conductor. Uh, Squidpidge must be her surname, I think. It's a very weird name. Uh, we've got Nakima, Broodmother. So this is like the third new version of Nakima that we've had now, uh, and we don't. We've never had a. We've never had a bad looking one. And then we've got an Undead Nephilim, which is obviously going to be for both of them. Molly is someone that works for the Resurrectionists, which are, yes, working with our dead people. Um, and Nakima is a demon. So that's where the Nephilim comes from. Uh, they All Fall Down has Dechelle Barker. That's a character I'm not familiar with, actually. And then Hamlin the Piper I am familiar with. Uh, he has rats that follow him around because he's the Pied Piper, or their version of it. And then we have a disease containment unit, which is interesting. Uh, we've got a couple of releases there for the other side. Uh, the weirdest thing here is we have puzzles that are coming out. Like there's a puzzle of Tatiana and a puzzle of the masterpiece. That's possibly the most random bit of release I've ever seen. Uh, for me, personally, the Neverborn starter box is probably the highlight here. So we're getting all new characters. Klaus Norwood, Hildegard, two red caps. You get a unique fake deck that is unique to this box. Uh, you get some general upgrades that work for all of your Neverborn. You get some unique scheme markers and a measuring widget that has the Neverborn symbol on it. Uh, it's actually, you know... It's a fairly box that's pretty much good for anybody, regardless of whether you play a certain leader or don't play a certain leader. Um, 
interesting they're already planning a second printing of their Vagrant Song box. They're obviously very confident that that's going to go well. I I love the fact that that's the uh, same kind of font that was used for uh, Steamboat Willie. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. That's that's actually the first thing I noticed about that. I'm like... Actually, if you look at the back of the box, it's actually very... Okay. Okay, I just became a lot more interested in this than I was to begin with. Because that's actually the feel of the, the um, standees and stuff, too. If you click on the picture of the box, it opens up a picture yeah. of the other side. Yeah, no. mm -hmm. yeah I, I, I clicked on the the box to see if I could see what uh, Jan Lowe's beard looked like, and it's pretty long. Yeah. The thing that made it previously very difficult is it's a separate piece and tiny. So people would lose it or struggle to get it glued in place and because it was really fiddly. In these last couple of boxes, you've got self-made, which is three different factions technically. You've got the new McMorning, you've got the new McCabe, and there's a corpse curator that comes with them. All the world of stage is the new Colette. So technically that's the one that I would be buying. Um, but I have the Alice Cooper version, which will not be getting an alternate. So I'd have to custom something, I suppose. Uh, also comes with Pandora, that in theory I probably need, and Dorian Crow, which I definitely need. So that that is definitely a box that I'm buying at some point. Uh, it's just I don't know what I'm going to do with Colette because I'm not using that version of the character. Uh, and then finally, we've got some stuff that has Titania, which is a fey, neverborn type creature. She's the autumn queen in this version. Eulix Turner, which is a, a gremlin pig farmer. He's a pork belly protector in this. Looks like he's actually riding a pig too. And I'm going to say Eumanthian boar. It's like a forest pig looking thing. It's very weird. It's like a boar that's not made out of flesh. It's made out of branches and stuff by the look of it. It's very weird. Um, That is another box that I will definitely be getting at some point. Because I have both of those crews. Probably not immediately on release, but they will definitely be being added to my pile of shame at some point. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to some hobby? No, we should move on to indie definition independent. Oh yeah, type slang word jargon. The thing well, Bruce came about my own thing. Yeah. All right, Fireforge Games. Now this is a company that has been around for a while, but as I touch on in the opening, the unboxing that will be released at some point this week, this I feel is one of those companies that unless you know who they are. You probably haven't even really looked at them. Or if you have, you've kind of just walked past the box. A lot of people dismiss Fireforge immediately because it's mainly historical stuff. They do have some fantasy as well. Uh, I mean, in these images, you're going to be seeing some Pegasus fly through occasionally. I am going to start with the historic stuff, though. So, if we go to... Let's go to historic and let's go to late medieval Hundred Years War. Why? Because that's the one I'm picking randomly. Okay. 
Uh, do you want to look at the French, the English? French or English? English. Uh, let's look at English. English? Okay. So that means we have the English army and yep that's it <laughs> so this is a box it's actually quite a big box this one you've got actually quite a few miniatures in this 36 uh including 17 banners six standards there's a full painting guide and everything these were designed originally by perry miniatures which should already tell you a lot about the quality that you're getting most of their line is hard plastic. Not all of it, but most of it is. Uh, and this is a really nice big chunk of a unit that you could throw in on your 100 Years War. I am going to go back and I am going to look up the Mounted Knights, which is fairly generic because most of the knights at this point kind of wore the same stuff. And these are literally mounted knights. I know that that's going to be very surprising to you. But the what? detail in these miniatures are really, really nice. In hobby, I will be showing off something that I purchased recently, which is <clears throat> not from the, from the historical range. It's from something else. So um, if you click on Fireforge Games, take you back to the main page, right? Um... Yep. Oh, how where to go? Oh, okay, yeah. And then featured products. Um, you got the the hobby kit there for right now sixty two ninety nine euro. Um. Oh, the, the pink kit stuff. That's your. Uh, it's, it's a game ma game master dungeons and caverns core set. Yep. So. This is this caught my attention, and I like this, and I, and I love how you you do. Uh, we've spoken the... about this before. Yeah, yeah. We spoke about but this I... on an. We spoke about this on an episode where you were away. Yeah, but I love how when you you put, you post one of these up, and I find something else. I think it's even cooler than what you found. I like this because this is like, hey, you want to get into hobby and stuff like that? Here's a little box that has a little bit of everything you need, um, and it's got army painter stuff in it, so. Well, it's an army okay. painter product. Oh, is it an army painter product? Oh, okay, well, then never yeah. mind. Uh, no, that's okay. Uh, but, Major Socks, do you remember what your thoughts were when we discussed this originally? It's been a while, but it's, it's a great way to get into the terrain aspect of it, too, because of all the, the stuff that you're going to get. You're going to get your hobby knives, your paints, your, your foam cutter, some foam board. Yeah. And See, whatnot, so. when you and I discussed this originally... Our thoughts were very much, I don't get why this product exists. And I, 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 may, I might have led you down that thought track. And it's not until George just said what he did that I actually understood why you would buy this. Because if you buy all of these items separately, it's going to be a lot cheaper. But this is an easy box for those that are getting into it for the first time. It makes complete sense to me now. Well, and, and we'll go back to when we we had that discussion with the guy. Um, uh, what's his name? Mel. He said yes. one, of the, one of the most important things that you can have as a tool is a wire cutter for foam. Yep. And that box actually comes with a really simple one. Yeah. 
it, it, yeah, it comes with a simple one, which, you know, I think that's really great just for the idea that, you know, you buy this box and it's not the best tool for everything. I mean, for crying out loud, that knife, that's like the generic standard, like, knife you can get in any sort of like toolkit. Yeah, it's... yeah. There are a dime a dozen. But it gives you all that stuff to start out with, and I, and I think that's really great. But if it... I guess if that's some army painter thing that they just have on their, their site, then okay. Then... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's literally... Yeah, there's a few companies, because there's a oh. few companies that have things like that. Now, under historic... Pegasus Knights. <laughs> you you just find what? The Pegasus Knights. Oh, yeah, yes. Those, those look pretty yeah, they're, they're coming up. Um, okay, under historic, go to medieval, and then Mongol horde. I'm going to ignore the heroes for a moment, and I'm just going to look at the standard box sets because this is the bulk of what you would be buying. Okay, what are you, the cavalry or the warriors? Uh, we'll start with the with the step warriors. Okay. So these are your Mongol horde on foot. They are simple miniatures. I mean, these are not the most detailed things, but you don't really need them to be when you're looking at this stuff anyway. Uh, and the more detail you put into this sort of stuff, the bigger risk you're going to have of that not holding up to history, yeah. which yeah. is important if you're doing history. Really nice-looking box. Like, this is only €27, Euro, and you're getting 24 miniatures in it. Like, this is all fairly cheap. If you want to go back and bring up the the cavalry, then these this is the product that first caught my eye when I first found these guys a couple of years ago. I almost brought these and the um, step warriors because I was going to play Saga with them, but then I never actually ended up playing Saga. Twenty seven twenty seven euro. It's usually around 50 to 60 here in Australia. And that, you're getting 12 cavalry units. So I want to say that cavalry, cavalry minis. 30 bucks for us socks. Yeah, that sounds about right. As opposed to, I'm sorry to say it, Games Workshop, you would be getting maybe five. If what, what, you were what, lucky. What will be nice. You'll, you'll get six. You'll get half that. Some of them you come with three at a bigger price, and some of them you will get five if they're an older sculpt. All the cards. I, 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 I was just being nice and doing it really quick, you know, just, you know, half that box. Yeah. All right, so let's see here. That is in Euro. Yeah, that's $30.67 US, so that's that's pretty good. Okay, and then I'm going to go into Forgotten World, and we have Living Dead. And I'm going to start by looking at the Living Dead Knights, just because it's just a, it's an undead version of what we were just looking at, essentially. Living but Dead very much, yep, very much Living Dead Knigets. Uh Same amount, you're still getting... Oh, no, this is six. You're only getting six in this box. Um, but there's a lot more detail here, and it's a slightly cheaper box as well. This is only a 20-euro box. Comes with six knights, and I think it's three dogs. 
that dog is real good. Yeah, I love the dog. Now, the, the downside of things like this is that they are all very monopose. Like that, every one of those dogs that you build is going to look the same. But at this price, are you really expecting? They shouldn't be hard to customize if you really wanted to. Um, but at twenty euro, like seriously, this is a steal. They actually list exactly what frames you're getting, exactly what bases you get with it. If you go back and look at the Living Dead Warriors, then we have footed versions of zombies that are moaning through the fields, essentially. Again, very standard, very, like, very undead. I mean, you can argue that most undead look the same, but... (laughs) There's the one... The one in the middle, the warrior, he's got a sword in his right hand and his head in his left. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So there's a lot there's a lot of character here, despite the fact that they are I'm, like they are. They're simple minis. But none of this is simple in a bad way. Yo. No. Yo. And again go to the starter set. Uh, which starter set? Uh, the one that's 165 euros, save 25% right now. That has 20, it should be at the bottom of the page for, um, with the living knight, the dead knights and the footmen, or the warriors. Those listings must be random then. Because I don't have that. Nope, neither do I. I only have the five, the two hero sculpts and the three 20 euro boxes. Found it under Forgotten World. Go to start here, and it's 165 euro. Ah. Nope, yep. Oh, this is huge! 24 warriors, 12 bowmen, 6 cavalrymen for the North Northman Patrol Force, 36 peasants, 24 warriors, and 6 knights for the Living Dead Vanguard uh, Force, gravestone and fence, uh, fences, plastic kit to build custom scenery, approximately 290 by 262 millimeters. Um, it comes with its own rules, its own scenery. Like this is a game in a box. Yeah. For 165 euros, that's a lot. For what is that? That's probably about 200 bucks. Especially when it's whole hard plastic too. Right. Two. That's a lot. You can order it in different languages, which is nice. So um, that's 188 dollars for us there, socks. That's not bad. That's that's that. just especially when it's like this is it's a game in a box. Uh-huh. Um, the last thing I'd like to show you guys before we move on to hobby. Under Forgotten World, go to Albion. Albion. Yeah. I just want to, what what is it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What is it with Albion and being in almost every fantasy there is? Now, I just got to point out, the reason I'm not showing the Albion Knights is because they're in an unboxing later in the week. So you can wait and you can watch that then. So yes, Pegasus Knights. And these are gorgeous. So this is the box that comes with four. It's 32 euros, so it's still not that expensive. 
But these things are gorgeous. The only thing I'd probably say is, you know what? I'm not a huge fan of the flight stands. Yeah, but if that's light. it... Flight stands are one of those things that's just like... <sighs> like... The, the the ones that Games Workshop has recently done with the, the Primaris Jump Pack dudes and stuff like that, yep. I like those. I think those are great flight stands because they're trying to pull them away from the model. Like, you know, yeah. it's back here. You know, not like the, the jet bikes and drop fleet commander where it's like, you know, the post going up. The, that's the most common thing anyone has ever done. You know, it's just... yeah. I kind of like how these Pegasus ones, they've kind of made it kind of look, you know, it's its not its not a flight stand, and it's not part of the Mini. It's something else. It's just, it's something they happen to be flying close towards. Yeah. I guess. Um, so these are plastic riders, but resin knights. Interesting. Um, well, which would make sense because then the the, the sorry uh, the Pegasus are, are resin, um, so the Pegasus will be heavy. You wouldn't want the heavy bit on top. So yeah. Uh, and I suspect that that means that the flight stand would be resin as well. Yeah. Because that would be. It's not. If you look at the pictures, it definitely is not on the rider sprue. So it must come with the Pegasus as resin. It does kind of look like it's something that would be resin anyway. So well, I, I don't, I don't see any point in why you would make that plastic. Like it's just be a waste of yeah. sprue. One more thing I want to talk about that I noticed here. Um, if you go Forgotten World, Northern Kingdom, I think no. Um, it it was on the same page that the 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 army box I found was, but it's the uh, Round Castle Large for yeah. hundred and ninety euro. Uh, yeah, it's on start. It's on start here, and this is like just. Let's be fair. This is more or less the old Citadel castle, right? But for, for that, 190, that 190 euro, you're getting a large castle and five buildings. Yeah. Wait, no, it says for. Okay, so something's off the. No, 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 no. The pack four, four round fortified towers, nine fortified walls, one gate, two connector sets. So it doesn't actually mention the buildings inside. That's interesting. No. So does it come with those or not? If it comes with that, that's a great deal. I it, think. Nothing on this page says does not include, so it has to be included. Or the thing if, about those towers is... You can take them off. You can take the levels off if you yep. wanted to. And, but yeah, and you could make it smaller. Um, and it's, I, you could combine several of these if you wanted to because it's modular. Yeah. At 190 that, euro, that is a steal. Especially if it comes with those five buildings in it. Um, which, which I think it has to. You can buy most of this separate too, by the look of it. There's nothing that has them listed separately. Hmm. There's also a smaller version that you can yeah, purchase on the next page that does not include them. 
which is also showing what um, Socks was mentioning earlier, which is that you can take off the towers and actually hide people inside. Which, you know, you know, harkens back to the whole Zorn Mortal saying, like, you know, you're fighting up in the tower. You know, that's I think yeah. that's pretty cool, too, for, for terrain. So, yeah, uh, good, good find, Bruce. Yeah. yeah, look, this is a company that I've been aware of for a while. And because of something that I'm going to be doing on the channel later, I was looking for some mounted knights for a certain project that I want to do, which is why we have the Albion Knights coming up later this week. Uh, and I was like, oh, what's that company that used to sell the really cheap stuff? And I couldn't remember who it was. And I just started searching for the Mongols because I remembered that they did the Mongols until I found it. Uh, I couldn't find it. And then my housemate reminded me of what they were called. So, And here we are. So now, now we do this. Stream, Hulu, Prime, Fade. Captain Socks. I've been demoted again. Yeah. Jeez, Bruce. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Private. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <poor. laughs> oh. That's to make up for all the times I called you Colonel. I know. So, uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, I've had these guys for a while. I had them put together, but uh, part of the Clone Wars series cartoons. Um, there's a group of droids called the BX Commando Droids, and so put these guys together. That's my. Little Those are the like the ninja ones, right? That were like really. Yeah, they are. That's my little sniper unit, and then. Got a couple other guys as well. They are and nice. then new uh, tactical unit droid for as a commander came out. Um, so he's there. And then picked up, uh, so we all know the Royal Guard that the Emperor guards that had the red glow uh, garb, red cloaks, the red helmets and stuff like that. Well, I picked up the Magna Guards, which are General Grievous's personal bodyguards uh, from the Clone yep. Wars series as well. So I have those to assemble and paint over the next couple of weeks. So have you touched that have you touched that box yet? No. I just got it maybe two or three days ago because uh the store that I had to order it for me. So you should do with that what we were talking about earlier in the week. I can do that. Um otherwise that's all I've got going on. Nice. I have quite a bit, but George has something that he wants to show off. So let's go to George first. Yes. Um, I'm going to see if I can do this too, so I can kind of get it a little better here. Hey, look, we can see you. Um, nice. <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, I'll have to hold it with one hand. So I did a little um, and did some uh, the don't look back guys, right? You know. All sorts of little, little tiny stuff, um, but but I did a fun one when when I did the serial killer guy. Let's see here. Let's switch hands. Um, I didn't use any of the heads heads that came with the kit. I used uh I used Mel's head from the uh, the book mini. Yeah. If I get... which which way did I need to move my hand here? Oh my god. Well, <laughs> all of it. All the way. I don't know. What do you mean? 
So while he's fighting with that, this isn't actually something that we had spoken about off camera. It was George's idea. Yeah. Uh, but during our interview with Mel, he was like, yep, pretty much there, just move back a little bit. It was yeah. horrifying all the... All the things all that people have been doing. Around the world for people to do whatever they wanted with. And so George was like, I'm going to make him the killer. Uh, and then we were trying to figure out how we can do this without offending Mel too much. So he's holding the knife, which is clearly what he's been using for terrain. He has the gun that's normally in a holster, but we're going to turn that into a glue gun. And then once he's painted, what are you doing once he's painted, George? Well, uh, let me let me wheel back on over here. Um, product placement here. We've got Army Painter Snowflock, which it's just a bunch of tiny little white spheres, which what was Mel horrified of? All the all little foam that he gets covered in. From the bean bag. <laughs> so our idea is, is that Mel has been covered in foam one too many times and he's just snapped. <laughs> he's going after those damn teenage kids. Yeah. So, so yes, uh, Mel, you're, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Hopefully he enjoys the idea. Uh, considering all the things that can be done um, with a mini, I, I think this is probably one of the, the most amusing cathartic ones for him because it's, it's not an embarrassing thing. It's just, you know, sometimes he has to get that rage out maybe. <laughs> and it's not being done in a way where it's like offensive. I mean, it's very clear what's going on. So, so I have, as hinted at before, some Albion Knights. Oh, my thing's going to play up again. So let's turn that off. So we have some Albion Knights, hence why I didn't show off the box earlier. These are all lovely and all nice. I have been working on my Europees box. Uh, really nice to build so far. I haven't had any major issues. Um, a couple of things that have not been featured, but will be in unboxings that I will be filming later in the week. Chris, I was talking to one of our Patreons the other night, and I was like, I think I still have like four or five that I haven't filmed yet. I was lying. There's only two of them that I haven't filmed. Uh, there's also the Fire Eagle slash Great Thunderbird. That is a really gorgeous looking kit. That has an unboxing that's already done. And then we have the secret game. The secret game. The secret's out, guys. Because I might have bought a little bit of Moonstone. A little? J just a little lot. bit. <laughs> <laughs> and of course I have the rule book. Which, apparently, I have the updated version of this rulebook, which I didn't even know at the time. There's a few updates and um, corrections that were made in this version that I didn't even know was a problem. Um, I, also, I, I, have, I have one other little thing to add that I'm a very excited uh, oh, yes? person about. Um, so, we had that whole COVID quarantine stuff, and I sat at home and looked at things way too much. Um, a Kickstarter that I discovered from Simon um, mm -hmm. 
is is uh on containers. Massive Darkness Two. Oh, it's finally coming. Okay. Yes. So I'm I'm very excited about that one. Um, for for those not familiar with it, uh, it's a sequel. It is a AI uh, cooperative dungeon crawler game. So, uh, which gonna, to be and, fair is that that that's their bread and butter. So makes sense which, that that's coming from them. Which and, and to be fair, this one's really got some fun stuff. Um, it's got a, it's called the Rainbow Bridge, where you're fighting like, um, like happy, you know, rainbow fairy monsters. I kind of like that idea. <laughs> this is based on a video game, right? Um, is Massive Darkness a video game? I think it is. Massive Massive Darkness was a board game, and this is a. Oh, okay. So, okay. so yeah, there's a there's an add-on to where you could get the original scenarios for Massive Darkness to play with the Massive Darkness Two stuff. So, uh, the only bad news is if you're in France and you are the French version, uh, your stuff hasn't shipped yet because it hasn't been made yet because of Chinese New Year. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, but yeah, everything uh, Asia. Uh, has it, well, that's going directly to the backers because it's already there. Uh, EU and UK hubs uh, pledges are currently on the sea, on their way to the hub. Canada hub pledges have also shipped and are currently on sea travel with estimated arrival in mid-February. And Australia and US hubs, the package, the packed pledges have begun to load, and shipping is January fourth, and the ve vessels. Should be leaving towards their destination hubs and receive an estimated time for their arrival. So, yeah. nice. I am excited about that. You are excited. Yes, because that's also a cooperative one. So that's one where you could sit down and, you know, play four characters by yourself and be entertained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I also have the card deck because you need that to play the game. You only need what? one for the game. You only oh, need right. one for the game. You don't need one per person. Wait, is this the game that doesn't have dice except for the initiative roll? Yes. Yep. So, so in theory, in theory, your your odds are just as good as anyone else now at this game. I know. It's great. I, I actually, you know, can play things. It's like Malifaux. It, it doesn't hate me and, and try to kill me every time I pick a dice up. Uh, and this is already out. Uh, Azami has been filmed as well, and I'm pretty sure the video for that's already live. That is the snake lady that has the big swingy chain thing that is just all kinds of gorgeous. Um, like, this isn't all stuff that I brought recently. It's just that all of this stuff arrived at the same time-ish, like within a few days of each other. So you won't be seeing... Well, no, that's kind of the problem. <laughs> I know. <laughs> In saying that, I ordered this from Queensland, and this arrived in three days. I have stuff that's been coming from New South Wales for two weeks that still aren't here. I have something that was shipped express post from New South Wales that I won't get until Monday. That was purchased before this. Hey, Bruce, I ordered something from Daka Daka, and it went all the way from Russia and all that stuff to Poland to Chicago. 
yep. back to Poland. And then back to Poland, then back to Chicago. It's still in Chicago. It hasn't left the port, obviously. Nope. As of the 16th of December, it's still in Chicago. I could yeah. have quite literally probably at least ridden a Greyhound and back by now. No problem. Oh, wait, a Greyhound is a bus. Never mind. I was like, why yeah, is he yeah. riding a dog? I, I I could have actually done a, a, a probably a bicycle, you know, there and back you could by probably now. Probably have walked there and back since then. Uh, no, that's about a thousand miles. Well, yeah, I know, but it's like almost a month. I don't know if I'd want to do that this time of year, anyways. Yeah, well, of course you wouldn't want to do that, but it's only George. We don't care about that. Yeah, <laughs> a bicycle I definitely could, because if you figure, you know, Tour de France guys, you know, they're doing you know hundred miles a day, so you know, we'll make that realistic for me, 50 miles a day, so that's, you know, two days to do 100 miles, so that's 10 days to do 1,000 miles, or 20 days to do 1,000 miles. I could have at least gotten there and picked them up by now. <laughs> You'd be on your way back, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, they're probably not even off the boat. They're probably still on the boat, because no, that's the big issue over there, right? Chicago's in no. the middle of the... U.S. Chicago's in the middle of the the, the United States. It came on uh, fl- uh, air freight. Oh, okay. So it's 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 sitting well, there. I thought Chicago had a river or a port or something. It's no? next to a lake. It's one of the. They, they, oh, okay. Lakes. They do, they do, but it's not a international hub. It's it's like they have steel production all along the the lakes, and they use the lakes and the river there to get it out so that you're not airing it out, you know, okay, and then they'll, sense. and then they'll put it on a, a, you know, an international cargo ship and float it around the world that way. That, that makes sense. Over. Cause normally yeah, when it comes to big it. cities in the U S most of them are places that were going to be very good for international trade. Right. Or, in the case of Denver, the closest one to me, it's like the the largest in the middle of nowhere for a hub. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a little miffed about that. I can understand. I ordered that October 31st last year. For context, and I know I've said this in the past, the hate on Australia Post isn't because it's like it's happening for obvious reasons. It's the same reasons it's happening elsewhere. The problem is that after almost two years, they still haven't even tried to fix the problem. And the random nature that I just showed evidence of is making the problem worse. Like they're not delivering things in order, they're just doing things when they get to them. And that's kind of the issue. But yeah, moving on. So I think now it's time for this. Talk nerdy to me. And this is where I have to double check who we're covering this week. Cruisers. Thank you. So I have got the right one up. Like, wait, is it Fleet or Zone? Yeah, so we've got two to cover. So. Two? Well, if we go back to what I said a few years ago, we only have two to cover because one should never be built. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yes, but we're still going to be covering them because we're going to do the right thing. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. 
I will go ahead and kick this off. Um, first on the list is the Shaltari Amber. Uh, it is the most important medium cruiser for the Shaltari Army and uh, fleet. And as a matter of fact, it should probably be the only one you ever actually run, unless for some other reason you need to do bombardment. Uh, it is 110 points. It has a scan of 12, signature of 3 with a signature of 16. When you put up shields, a thrust of 10, a hull of 9. The armor save is 5 up, 4 up. Shields, no shields. The shields is the better save. Uh, point defense is 9. Groups of 1 to 2. Tonnage is medium. Special. It's not special. There's nothing special about it. Except for it has 2 disintegrator bank batteries with a lock of 3 up, 4 shots of 1 damage. Front side left, front side right. Uh, and then Harpoon Cascade, which is its close action, which is a four-up lock. Three attacks, one damage, front side rear. Um, it, the Disintegrator Bank is the best average run-of-the-mill weapon in the game, period. Yeah. So this ship makes the most sense because you get eight shots at three-up lock. Uh, at at least 12 inches of range. Yep. 18. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you got, you got, the, you got the their, signature. their signature, roughly. And yeah, the, uh, yeah. the average is, is six on, on the medium cruisers and stuff like that for the other factions. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah okay. So, so, okay, so minimum. Board almost. Minimum 12. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it, because if they're silent running or whatnot. Yeah. Um, up next, we have the Shaltari Granite. Uh, so that's 100 points. Scan of 12 inches, signature of 3 or 16. Shield, no shield. Uh, thrust of 10, 9 hull. Armor of 5 up or 4 up. Shield, no shield. Uh, point defense of 9. Groupings of 1 to 2. Medium tonnage, and there's nothing special about it. Uh, it comes with particle lances. There's two particle lances, they're three pluses, one attack each, two damage, and they're both front narrow. They both have the particle rule and the fusillade one rule. Uh, Harpoon Cascade is the same as what was on the other ship. Uh, and this is one of the ones that you're not a fan of, George. Uh, there are, if you're going to use a particle lance, there's way better options than this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Infusilard one doesn't really make much of a difference. It makes it better, but it still doesn't make it, in my opinion, worthy to be in a fleet. Yep. Uh socks. The turkey the Turk the turquoise. The turquoise. Uh same basic ship stats as the others, twelve inch scan, three inch uh sig with a sixteen if you have the shields up. 10-inch thrust, 9-hole, 5-plus, 4-plus armor for shields and no shields. 9-point uh, defense, point defense, 1-2, to two, your grouping and tonnage and medium. Uh, again, no special rules on this. It does have a, have a iron aura type weapon. Uh, it's a 3-lock, uh, D6-plus 3, 1-damage, front side rear, close action beam. It's an alternate 1 weapon as well. And then it has the ion storm, which is a 2-lock, 4-attack, 1-damage, front side rear, bombardment, Again, alternate one, so that's your bombardment weapon in the event that you need to bring one or decide to bring one. And then the Harpoon Cascade is a four-up lock, three attack, one damage, front side rear close action as well. So, uh, George, I'm guessing you've built zero of these as well. Oh, uh, no, I, I, I have two of these. You have two of these? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and so I'll explain why. So the granite, no. 
because if you go to the heavy cruiser variant of it where you have three particle lances, um, oh god, I should probably look before I open my mouth because it's been a while since I looked at those. Uh, two of those were at least linked, so you could get two shots for one action and not actually, you know, have to use your weapons free to get both the shots and getting, you know, doing that to do both your shots. Um, on, like the obsidian. On, on the on the granite. Yeah, the obsidian. Two of them are like are linked. So, yeah. So. so you can you know you do that and you get two shots with one activation. Um, no, I like the turquoise because sure you can bombard with it, or if you do close action and then you can do your other close action. It's all one action. There's no weapon spike. Um, and then yeah, with the. And with the Shaltari having that 12-inch scan, close action is, a, in my opinion, a very viable weapon for the Shaltari. Certainly so, easy to get the most out of. Right, yeah. so so what your close action, it, it's just your scan range, right? Yeah. So a 12-inch 3-up uh, lock D6 plus 3, that's a good weapon. With beam as well? Yeah. So That's now I'm going to get George to talk about one of his favorite things, the Shaltari Basalt. <laughs> please read out all of the rules and then, then explain to us why you think this is the best ship in the game, George. So, well, first we're going to clarify that the Basalt and the, the, the next two, while technically are medium, they're not cruisers. This one is carriers. Yeah. The other one is a mothership, which is unique solely to the Shaltari. So we have the Shaltari Basalt, 145 points. Um, that's expensive. Uh, same stats, 12-inch scan, uh, 316 for the signature, 10-inch thrust, 9 hull, 5-4 for the save, 9-point defense, grouping of 1, tonnage is medium. Uh, that's a lowercase m, not a capital M. You should get that fixed, Lewis. Uh, special is <laughs> launch. Um, and it's a launch because it has the uh, fighters of bombers. Uh, it has disruptors, four up, six attack, one damage, front narrow. Uh, harpoon cascade, which is a close action, which is four up, three attacks, one damage, front side, rear, close action. Then it has fighters and bombers with uh, a launch of four. And the fighters and bombers for the Shatari, George, are the, the worst in the game. game. Oh, no, they're <laughs> the best. No, the PHR are the best. The... That's right. The Shaltari are the worst. Also, <laughs> so here's the other thing too. Um, when you're using fighters and bombers, um, you're using bombers to attack your opponent's ship. You're using fighters to defend your ship from your opponent's bombers. Um, Shaltari not only have the worst fighters and bombers in the game, they have the best point defense of the game, so you don't need fighters to stop your opponent's bombers because you already have great point defense unless you have yeah. your shields up. Yep. And then regardless, you're getting to roll on anything anyways because you have shields up. The only time you don't get a roll when you have shields is uh, Particle Lance, which ignores everything. Yep. Um, so... And this yeah. ship's useless because... You have great point defense, so you can use that to stop bombers, and your fighters aren't going to stop a cold, so... The, pro the problem with the Basalt is that it exists to fill a gap that's completely irrelevant to the flight. It yeah. is. Um, you have to have it because you have to have something that gives you ships, 
But like, why would you need fighters and bombers? Like, there's just no real. I'm, I'm going to never going to really. I'm going to disagree with that because how long did the Shaltari go without having a torpedo? Until 1.5, 2, 2.0, if you want to call it a 2.0. Right. Yeah, that, so, that is fair. So to, to have the ship to, you know, like, everyone else has fighters and bombers. The Shaltari don't need it. This ship, it's, it's still more useful than the Granite because the disruptors are six shots at four up. Yeah. That's, but it's something that our next ship has them as well. So the Emerald, which is the mothership, which is the one that's unique to the Shaltari, uh, ship-wise is exactly the same thing. Costs you 100 points, 12-inch scan, 316 for the SIG, 10-inch thrust, 9 hull, 5 up or 4 up for the armor, shields, no shields, uh, point defense of 9, grouping of 1, medium tonnage, launch, uh, disruptors is four plus six attacks, one damage front narrow. So that's exactly the same as the previous one. Again, making the previous one completely irrelevant. Uh, harpoon volley is the same as all of the other ones. It's four plus two attack, one damage front, sudden rear close action. But this one is capable of launching two gates. The thing is, is that this is a must take the, sh the Sheltari literally don't work without this. You cannot... Well, realistically, like, there's no way of really running the fleet without the Emerald. But you can't do um, it. It's just not worth it. Um, you can so do it with the Dreadnought, and you can do it with the Battleship. But it's not worth it. But that's not feasible. So, no. um, at, in a thousand point with, list, with this ship existing, the only gap that that previous one could have filled also becomes irrelevant. Because you yeah. already have to take this. Why would you take the other one? Yeah. So, um, that being said, too, um, the Emerald, you know, and, and, and this is where, you know, this is the, the attempt to try to handicap the Shaltari fleet is you have to take two to three of those motherships to compete with all the other drop assets that other fleets have with the strike carriers and the bulk landers. China. Um, the, the the thing is though, uh, a lot of other fleets' bulk landers, they can do a lot more than you know the smaller ship can. The disintegrator bank's nice. That close action is worse than the fleet carrier close action and all the other medium cruisers. Yeah, fair. So, but the Shaltari do still tend to be. Like they tend to go fairly well in the tournament scene, even now with yep. all of the nerfs they've got. They do tend to go very well. And and so, so uh, I mean, we can't say anything about the Emerald. You have to take it. You know, the, the, you, if you see a Shaltari list in a tournament that doesn't have an Emerald in the fleet list, it's not winning a game. Period. Yep. Yep. Um, if you see a Shaltari list without a Basalt in the fleet list, it's probably going to win quite often. <laughs> um and then in my opinion um like i said the amber the amber is going to be in every single list you see you're going to see multiples yep. of the amber in every single list you see yep uh if you see grants in the list there's some reasoning that person has and i will argue then that you know T take the take the onyx and you'll be happier for with that that point expenditure. 
Um, yeah. It's hard to disagree with you on that. And the turquoise, the turquoise, I think it's a really good ship. I think it's a better ship when you run it with an... Uh, I can't remember. It's the it's the one that has a disintegrator bank and then the two ion banks, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. I'm looking for it right now, but I think you're talking about the obsidian instead of the granite because the obsidian has the triple particle. Oh, yeah, yeah, the obsidian, yeah. Oh, maybe um, the granite's the one with the... Or not the... Jet. the, the, the jet, yeah. Jet? If you take a turquoise and pair that with a jet... You will sit on a uh, sector and no one will want to come near you. Yeah, Here. no, yeah. It's the jet you're talking about. 165 points. Um, because you can fire yeah. every single weapon on the jet and the turquoise at a ship for one action and never get a spike. Uh, can because you? Of, uh, with the exception of the bombardment, yeah. But if, if you fire them as a close action, all those shots right. are, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, good point. Good point. So, um, th- 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 they fill they fill a neat little thing, and you know they can protect the sector really good. Um, Amber is still the best one out of, out of the group, with the exception that you have to take the mothership. So, yeah. um, just because you know you get a spike, and that's that's eight shots that you're hitting on. You know, threes, so you're creating on four, five, six. Wait, right? No. No, you're creating on five, six. So you're hitting on three, fours, you're creating on five, six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. Yeah. Which I think, oh, I think most, most other ships are creating or hitting on fours typically. So, with the exception of a few weapon systems. So, yeah. All right. Moving on to upcoming events. I love right. that get you. <laughs> uh, the Conquest Games Convention is still coming up. Conquest.asn.au. It's from the 15th to the 17th of April here in Melbourne. Uh, Broadside 2, the official Armada tournament. And when I say official, I mean literally it's being run by Mantic Games. At time of recording, has one spot left. Uh, it's taking place in Nottingham in the UK. £10 registration. Takes place on the 5th of March. Uh, and otherwise, the World Model Expo is coming up. It's just been announced that this is coming up from the 1st until the 3rd of July. Uh, tickets are on sale on the 1st of March. It takes place in, and this is where I will get a message from Michelle later in the day, correcting me on how I've said this. It's at the NH Eidhoven Conference Centre in Konigshof, uh, which is in Weidhoven in the Netherlands. Uh, and yes, Michelle, I know I said it wrong. I don't care. I'm trying, okay? I'm trying! Um, if you're vaguely in the area or capable of going there, and want to see it, then it's www.wmformaryeforegg2020.com. Why is it 2020.com? Well, that should be fairly obvious. Uh, Good to see that that is actually finally, in theory, taking place. Um, Anything from you guys that you want to follow up with before we go into the closing? 
Um, potato. I do like potatoes. They're very nice. What about you, Socks? Are you a fan of potatoes? They are pretty yummy. I agree. Uh, but yeah. I saw Gen Con 22 tickets are going to be going on sale here soon, so we'll get that Ooh, uh, nice. posted here with those dates. If we get those dates, I just saw some stuff on it. Are there any uh, big Florida cons and stuff that you can get to now that you're down in the this part of the world? Uh, I'll have to look. I'm not quite sure. But I'll have to look. Because it so seems like he hasn't really... been there very long. Well, no, if, if you look at like Adepticon and Gen Con and a lot of the, the other stuff that's like, you know, the big stuff, it's in that, you know, Midwest area Midwest. where my minis are sitting at still. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you for those of us that support us in whatever way that you can. If you're in a situation where you can consider doing that financially, then patreon.com slash getting table gives you early access to all of the video content that we do with a very few small exceptions. Um, it only costs you $2 a month. We would very much appreciate your support. Uh, thank you very much to those that already are. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on social media, facebook.com slash getting tabled or at getting tabled on Twitter or Instagram. If you want to reach out to us, you can do that getting tabled at gmail.com. We also have a website, which is getting tabled.weebly.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We want to get to 1,000 subscriptions before our birthday, uh, which is coming up very shortly in April. Quickly. So let's see if we can get there. And that's www.youtube.com slash getting tabled. Not what oh, you Oh, good type. point. I should probably mention that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a dumb... <laughs> That URL will not work, Bruce. <laughs> that is a very good point. I hadn't even noticed that. Thank you. Um... I think that's it. I think so. Do the thing, George. Do the thing, George. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. Any more games? Because if they do do that,